0: You're just sitting there staring at that statue. I mean, no matter how long you wait here, a rock is a rock, Brock. I guess you could always listen to the podcast while you wait. (laughs) Hey, I'm Veronica Taylor. And I'm Rena Taylor. And this is... The The Trainer's Trainer's Guide. Guide. Today's episode... The Ghost of Maiden's Peak. Hey,
1: everybody! Welcome back. Episode nineteen. We are really cooking along. I feel like
0: we're getting into our into a rhythm with this. (laughs) I I guess so because we're on a boat again. (gasps) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Taking a boat to get to Maiden's Peak. Yeah, of all places. And this episode also has a lot of um,
1: music kind of with some festivals going on and there's some drums at the end. So I feel like maybe that's why I've got rhythm, rhythm on the mind.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a very colorful and interesting episode for sure. Yeah. Um, I love how it starts out with this gigantic full moon that you can see because the sky is so clear. You can see all of the, um, you know, formations on it and it, it features throughout the whole episode,
1: mm-hmm.
0: actually. Yeah. Which I find amazing. Yeah. This is a pretty packed
1: episode, so I think we should just hop right in and get to- Okey-doke. Get to talking about what's going on, because we've got yep. a lot to cover. That's right. Well, we're at a festival, which happens at the end of summer. Yes. And Brock, Misty, and Ash have gotten to Maiden's Peak. They've gotten off the boat um,
0: from, where were they last week? Uh oh gosh <laughs> I just knew that too uh, Porta Vista Porta Vista Porta Vista um, This is kind of like in our lives we kind of can't remember where we are from yeah, time to time exactly weekend to weekend that's whatever. exactly it Um so they get there and Brock is kind of depressed because it's the end of
1: summer and he won't get to see any more girls in bikinis
0: Bikini season <laughs> is over That's yeah. I think that's the funniest thing even though they say you know um. Summer is for playing on the beach and splashing around and having fun. And he's like, you know, bikini season is over. Yeah. You know what? I My favorite part there is Ash just leans over and says, um, but we've had a whole summer of adventures. I know. Like, isn't that the way it goes so often that no matter how much you do, you still are kind of bemoaning what you missed out on. Exactly. And that's how this opens. And, I mean, they really I mean, haven't. Their adventures have
1: been exciting, but definitely not relaxing. So in that sense of, you know, what do you think of summer? They haven't really been sitting on a beach and just hanging out for a long time. Reading a book. Yeah, exactly. But so Brock's kind of depressed that he's not going to find a girlfriend for another... He has to wait a whole nother year until summer comes back,
0: <laughs> which right. is kind of
1: an interesting theory. And then we kind of cut to Jesse, James, and Meowth, who have also come to Maiden's Peak. They've also arrived, and they are trying to find money at the festival and all this stuff. And both Brock and James see this mysterious girl in the distance, kind of by a pier. Um, yes. They see this girl... And she disappears, but they're both kind of intrigued by her. Yes, and only they see her, right? I think and Pikachu it turns might out, a little bit, but I'm not sure. Uh, not clear though, yeah. right? I mean, I, yeah, it was a little unclear. I mean, I, I think both Brock and James see her, which I think is what leads to the next part. So I think you're right. That's right. Pikachu might have a sense, but I don't think it saw the girl
0: is kind of maybe wondering what they're looking at. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, that's open to interpretation, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But we find out that um, this mysterious figure is the ghost of Maiden's Peak. Yes. Um, And she was
1: in love with this man 2,000 years ago, and he left to go fight in a war and never came back. And she has been waiting for him to return on this peak for, she was waiting for him until her body turned to stone. And so she continues to wait until he comes back.
0: That's such a a myth, a gigantic myth, which this whole festival is then built around. Right, right. And so they also get
1: warned, this old lady kind of comes up and warns both Brock and James that a beautiful woman is going to bring danger and...
0: Yet lead you to a cruel fate. Yes. I I mean, of all things, again, to say fate in this, which I think is fascinating, that there's so much built around this um, legend, Mm -hmm. myth, all of that. Yeah. Um, the, The best part, too, is that there's a festival celebrating the end of summer and celebrating the mystery of her. And the whole marketplace is full of Pokemon stuff. (laughs) <laughs> masks and I all these great that. things. Yes. I didn't notice that at all. It's all, it's just amazing. And in this episode, they also uh, reference money. That's which, true. Which again, true. they don't really have often, but here uh, you can, I guess, buy things. And Team Rocket, they're scrounging around on the ground looking for money.
1: Right. They're trying to find a way to like make a buck. So they start by s- trying to steal money and they get caught by Officer Jenny,
0: who That's thinks right. that they're doing a good deed, which is classic. Classic. And you know what's interesting here is that she's like the honesty patrol. Mm-hmm. Because she says, oh, you found a penny. Thank you so much. Everybody who finds money turns it in. Thank you for doing such a good deed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they've, they've really kind of stumbled into this lovely town, which I think we all would like to live in. Yes. Actually. Um, but people are so um, into this whole uh, a festival and they're going to unveil something, which we don't know. And the whole town stampedes right over them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that we can learn to look before you run.
1: Oh, totally. <laughs> that is like just something always that you need to keep in mind.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So we get to the unveiling. Yeah. And
1: they reveal this painting that's been kept in a, it's kept in the temple or something like that until the festival. And it's only brought out during the festival time. And it's a painting of the maiden. So we realize, oh my gosh, and this is when we learn all about her. And Team Rocket decide that they are going to steal the painting to make some money. Because Pokemon can make a good buck, but also uh, art is valuable, according to Meowth, which is true. So again, yes. we're learning a lot of things
0: that the value you can of apply. Stealing art. Yes. Yeah. And there have been, even in, perhaps Meowth knows more about this, but so many art heists. I know. That still they haven't found the paintings. Um, but I mean, you're stealing. I, I, don't, I just don't understand that ultimately because you're taking something that so many people can enjoy. Yeah. But that's, I guess, how evil Team Rocket is, that they don't care about that.
1: I always find it interesting, especially with art heists in the real world. Um, I'm not sure how the underground black market is in the Pokemon world. Um, (laughs) That's right. But I find it so interesting that, like, especially when you read about art heists, you have to be careful because a lot of the pieces, right, when you steal them are too hot to, like get rid of so if you sell it then that'll ping or like tip somebody off and so you've got to hold on to it for a long time before you can try to give it to somebody else or sell it and it seems like a very stressful i mean i think all crime is very stressful to a point but it seems like (laughs) art heists are very stressful because you have to really make sure that like you're when you try to sell it that's going to obviously tip somebody off
0: Right and, and so didn't we read about one recently where the person had kept it in their home for so long, and I think their children—it was a couple—and their children found them after they had passed away and oh, didn't know that their parents were thieves. I think so. It's a crazy thing. Anyway, and that was anyway. like in that episode of Monk too, when that guy
1: he <gasps> had stolen all that's those art right. pieces and they were doing a commercial in his house. And yes, so that's right. He he Classic. ended up killing somebody so that the tape like wouldn't get out because that then people would see that and go, oh, all those paintings
0: were That's stolen. Where they ended up That's right. Well, but you see, crazy. art thievery does not pay. And,
1: it's not worth it. And Team Rocket, to be honest, is always, I mean, look at this, in this episode, they fell into the water like two times. They're always like, Getting thrown into the air. They're always doing this stuff. If they were holding, carrying a piece of rare art, I don't think it would be in very safe hands. I think it would get pretty damaged.
0: I think you're right about that. So I don't think
1: that they would make the greatest art thefts, thieves, art thieves. 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 Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Because because I I think that their things would get damaged too fast. And then they just have to carry it all around. I mean, that's the problem. You just start, they don't have, you start stealing stuff, and then you're just you carrying it. it all with you. It's bogging True. you down. It's just too much.
0: Well, meanwhile, while they're waiting to go in to steal the painting from the shrine, they're hanging from a tree in their <laughs> cocoon sleeping bags, <laughs> and Brock is sitting outside the shrine right. staring at the statue on the peak. Right. So they're they're just kind of hanging around waiting. Yeah, um and the ghost comes I, out and basically yes. gets both Brock
1: and James and and brings them into the temple or something and like hypnotizes them or I don't know what.
0: Yeah, they're kind of drawn in by their love yeah. in a or fascination or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they're with those heart eyes. Yes. They get pulled in and then they're floating out. I know. Also I love to that. follow, I've been waiting for you. She keeps saying, I've been waiting for you. And Brock is like, I'm waiting for you too. I know. And I love he just gets, he's
1: sitting crisscross applesauce mm-hmm. and he gets picked up and floats and starts spinning around while like in his cross-legged position. Mm-hmm. It's so funny to me just seeing him like floating like that.
0: Floating around. I know it's amazing. It's hilarious. Um, the, then is that when the that old... Woman who said you will yeah. be destined for a cruel fate. She shows up again, right? And she says the only way to prevent your kind of—well, oh, actually, no. Wait, she doesn't show up then. First of all, when they're looking for—we forgot the best part—when oh, they're yeah. looking for James, mm-hmm. and they're looking for for Brock. Um, Jesse does the motto by herself. Yes, and Iconic. she's doing. James's voice also—it's so great. It's so funny. Uh, and then he kind of um, pathetically answers. That's what brings him it. out so it, of the trance. Yes, that's right. Yeah, oh. I, I love Amazing. it.
1: Amazing. I love that. Also, after so both once they find the, um, Brock and James, they Brock and James get electric shocked, electrocuted by Pikachu to kind of snap them out of um, the trance. Mm-hmm. And I love that Brock is like, who am I? I am Brock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And James is like, I'm James. Woo! And, and <laughs> like jumps. And both Jesse and Meowth are like, oh, he's back, but not to normal, you know. Not to right? <laughs> I just love that that's his thing is he just starts like doing a dance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. It's lovely. Yeah. But then, yes, then this old lady comes back, and ever the entrepreneur, she says, I know how to get the maiden to not, like, touch you. And she says, stickers. So they start getting all these stickers and placing them all over the house and over Brock and James. But their face, they have to pay for these stickers. Mm. And it turns out that Jesse and Meowth
0: got the freebies or something. They cut a deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they yeah. got a two for one. Right. Uh, which makes the stickers not work as well for James. Which is
1: interesting Oddly. because James, by that point, is not hypnotized anymore. So like... Right. Because Brock is still... So after they do... They stickerify the whole place. The ghost comes back. And Brock is still all in and love take me with you. Right. He's picked up and floating around. And then James mm-hmm. is also getting picked up, but he's like, I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't want to go. I'm scared. And he's crying <laughs> and holding on. And, but but Jesse and Meowth go, sorry, we only paid half price or ha- half we price, got these yeah. for free, <laughs> so it's not going to help you. But he's kind of snapped out of his malaise. Trance, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Anyway, so the- I thought that that was interesting.
0: And so then, isn't that when Jesse kind of shoots the ghost? Yeah. So, Brock, uh, I mean,
1: James is taken away, and then Jesse mm-hmm. shoots the ghost, the girl maiden, with a flamethrower or something. She has this yeah, giant like
0: gun thing, but it's like a like a bazooka as we know of in cartoon yeah. world, mm-hmm. um, which is just who knows even what. It's like a giant air gun in a sense, (laughs) you know, that the air goes right through the ghost. And um, James is asking, oh, so you really do care. Right. (laughs) And she has her best monologue ever. Yeah. I think where she is just um, girls like her disgust me always waiting around for her man as if she were his faithful pet. She said she can't stand the oh she can't stand the thought of losing him. She cries, but I'd say see you later. Yeah, <laughs> plenty more fish in the sea. That's a whole really girl power monologue that she has in the middle of this mm-hmm. kind of weirdly ghostly chaos. Yeah, and um and how she is so kind of uh, I don't know her self esteem is pretty I, I, as much as they lose so much they keep trying and that's part of I think who she is. If yeah, she's not waiting around for anyone. Yeah. You know, I, I just love that. I think
1: it's interesting too, especially looking at the characters of Miss Misty and Jesse. especially, mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a great coincidence that they're voiced by the same person. Um, but it, it's such an interesting thing to look at their differences of like... Misty is constantly fighting to be seen, and she's like Mm -hmm. constantly getting battered, even by the old lady. Like the old lady in the beginning goes, you'll be a beautiful lady is going to come and cause you trouble. And Misty goes, well, you must be talking about me. And the woman's like, no, I'm talking about somebody elegant and not scrawny like you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, scrawny (laughs) blabbermouth,
1: which is so
0: harsh. I know. So she's constantly getting like beaten down.
1: Yeah, right, And then, but Jessie is kind of like, I imagine kind of the result of that. Like that's how I kind of like to think of it in a way of perhaps she has just decided to put up this wall or, or this, she has so much confidence. And I think I'm sure that that has come with, you know, probably what Misty's experiencing. But it's just such an interesting like dichotomy with these two characters Who in terms of both sides, yeah, and with confidence, and and you know, Jesse's like, you don't need a man, and and Misty kind of says that too, but and yet she's not really that that's not her whole personality. And it's just so interesting. I think these two, these are our two strong female characters that we have in the show, and And it's just interesting to see how they're treated.
0: Yeah, I think so because uh, Jesse is older, yeah, you know, they're like the teen.
1: Yeah, exactly. To the Ten, exactly.
0: The Fourteen or something—I don't know. So I feel so like that Jesse's kind of a good in that
1: sense, a good role model for Misty. <laughs> <laughs> Who would ever think that? Yeah, but <laughs> that's so funny. In terms of confidence,
0: mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. But maybe know, not in right. other things. But right.
1: it is kind of an interesting to have those two sides.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway and then so then all the skulls these skulls come out in a black and white sketchy yeah. uh, animated it's kind way. of scary this is kind of a scary episode it, oddly because there's so much unknown yeah. that's kind of literally flying at them mm-hmm. um so that and as the skulls are coming out you see the maiden you see the the they they do call her the old woman all the time so that's why yeah. we are referring yeah. to her as that hm. um So this is the second episode with kind of a strange, short, haggy kind of
1: character. When she came in the beginning, the first scene, I thought that she Mm -hmm. might have been related to the woman from the last episode.
0: Yeah, Nastina. I'm not sure. I don't think so. short (laughs) hair.
1: I don't think so. But I think that's just how, like, mean old people are depicted. It's
0: like small. I think so. (laughs) Small with shaggy hair. Yeah.
1: Loud. Yeah. Um, um but then Ash tries to kind of use his Pokedex to see if these ghosts are Pokemon. And he's turning right. around and the and Dexter's searching, searching, searching. And then unexpectedly he turns to the maiden and it says Pokemon found. And we find out that the maiden is
0: actually a ghastly. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And the ghastly is speaking. Yes. Through, in all these different kind of ways, through all these different um, forms of itself. Yeah. This is so crazy to me
1: because we find out that the ghastly is not only the maiden, but also
0: the old lady, and then it Mm -hmm. transforms into itself. And it speaks. speaks. It speaks. Because it uses hypnosis, and I think it really kind of gets into uh, people's deepest fears. Yeah. Can and then, desires, I think too. Well,
1: yeah, maybe. Because yeah, even I mean, with it, that for when it's fighting me out, it gives me out like a fun ball to play with, you know? So it, it, Oh, I see what you mean. Or maybe yes, maybe true. weakness would be better. Maybe not desire, but I mean, isn't desire sometimes a weakness? But Well, that's a good point. Getting really deep. Um,
0: but with this, because you're supposed to be fighting, mm-hmm. the, the they they all kind of team up right. to send their Pokemon out to battle this ghastly and so in um it, it defeats them through i suppose their distractions or weaknesses yeah cuz it so, it um, kind of pits it
1: finds what they are most either afraid of or it it can combat each thing with something specific to that creature and human right. so like pikachu it does a mouse trap or meowth it gives like with a the little toy in it. i know yes and then uh, this Ekans gets a
0: oh what was that? It looks like a mole or a yeah. ferret or a uh, a weasel or some kind of yeah a, uh, something that it would normally hunt. Right. A snake would hunt, but also apparently it, it says that that animal is the the
1: enemy of the snake.
0: Yeah, it's the um, Ricky Dicky. T- no, the um, oh shoot, you're right. It's um I can't, I can't remember, remember what it is right now, <laughs> but it's it's what they send out to to kill the snakes. Right. Um, I should have looked that up before. Okay, well, I'll find that for next episode. Okay. But they are those, um, they hunt snakes. You're right. Anyway, and then they send, uh, Ash sends out Squirtle and Bulbasaur. Yeah. And um, and it, tr- it counters, it meaning ghastly, counters with the evolved forms that then are joined together. To create yes. this new, crazy, evolved form. And they are so afraid they can't fight.
1: I know. Totally. And basically, we find out that there's nothing that they can do to battle this ghastly until the sun starts to come up and it goes, that's I
0: take right. the sun. And it leaves. That's right. Uh, um, which is kind of, that was it. That's the end. That the this is just something that happens um, once a year. Yeah. It says, I'll come back next summer. I'll be back and yeah, I mean, and that's that is how it ends. Yeah. I loved that um when when Charmander was sent out this giant fire extinguisher yeah. was sent to be, battle it and then Misty came out with a cross, garlic and hammer and Ghastly had said what do you think I am? A vampire? Right. And yet I hate sunlight so I'm disappearing. Yeah. And then the whole thing is tied up and they're they're finished. I know. And it's um it's what I love about
1: that too at the end and so it ends with the festival, and everybody's honoring those those spirits who are kind of law have lost their way, and they're sending mm-hmm. all these um, little boats out with lights to help wandering or lost spirits. And
0: yes, I think that's so beautiful. I know, and how ghastly
1: is on the little boat, one of the boats, and right. we find out another twist that the maiden's ghost is actually still there. And right. so she says, you know, thank you, Ghastly. Um, and Gastly goes, I just want to keep your memory alive and keep the tradition. I like keeping old traditions alive. And, yeah. you know, I'll keep an eye out for your love and maybe I'll, I'll find him and bring him back to you. And it's just so
0: lovely. It's such a, it's just such a sweet moment. Yeah. And you can see Ghastly floating away with the light of the candle underneath. Yeah from the boat and i think it's i mean that's something that is really important for all of us in our families and how we tell stories to keep memories alive of those who have passed before us and also of even when you hear stories um your grandparents tell stories about your parents you right. know of how they were when they were little and yeah. all those those kind of legends in your family of how things were done and how how people were before they became responsible adults. Yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of what we are tasked with, is passing all of those stories along. I think so. Keeping that memory alive.
1: I don't think we need yeah. to
0: go so far as to
1: haunt and hypnotize people, you know, for the sake of the plot, let's say. That's but, true. That's true. But I do think that keeping that the story
0: alive in any way that's safe <laughs> and not hurting mm-hmm. anybody... I think. Well, the, the thing too, this takes place at the end of the summer. And then we also have, um, nowadays, uh, the day of the dead, we have all souls and all saints, Mm -hmm. all of that time that's close to Halloween. Mm -hmm. Um, which is that celebration has been around for a very long time, uh, way before, you know, thousands of years, there's been celebrations of ancestors and all of that is so important to kind of take time to think back and to thank and to continue those stories. So here it's kind of in the same time-ish. End of summer is typically in the northern hemisphere, typically August, September. So Yeah.
1: And even just summer in general is kind of a good the end of summer, you're always kind of going back to school or going back to work or, you know, it's this right. period of you're shifting into a new phase, into a new mm-hmm. season. And it definitely, I think all, any kind of shift like that always prompts kind of a look of like, you know. Retrospection. Yeah. yeah. Looking back and looking forward and how can you,
0: well, and this too, do it's, you want to be? It's the, it's the harvest mm-hmm. that happens. And that again is... You kind of, you reap what you have sown and you take stock of what you have. Yeah. That's just what you're saying. Who do you want to be? Who are you now? Yeah. Um, all of that to um, to take a moment. Um, I think the uh, one thing Nurse Joy in this episode I thought was really great because Brock has missed the curfew. And the, the yes. gates are coming down at the Pokemon Center. And Nurse Joy stops them from going out. Because she said, it's your bedtime, you, you know, staying up late. It's bad for your skin. It makes you irritable and it ruins your appetite. So we do have a tiny drop of self-care. I know, here, that's true. I think, which is um, interesting. Um, we did have, again, a lot of teamwork, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's always interesting when, when the kids and Team Rocket all have to work together.
1: Yeah, I always love that. I mean, I think as we have kind of talked about, I I think that they all can learn so much from each other. And I really love that. I I love the episodes when they have to come together and work because I I just love seeing Team Rocket kind of helping. And I don't know. I think they're so funny when they're being evil, but I really love seeing them doing like group projects. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, exactly. So That's always pretty fun. I think for this, um, we can all go out now and bang some drums and dance around being oh, yeah. our full selves. And maybe um, that'll get help plenty of rest. usher in
1: spring. <laughs> We're not at the end of summer yet, but maybe let's bring about, we'll
0: bang some drums to bring spring in. Yes, I think that's a good idea. You know, the thing too is they say um, the new moon is the time to set your intentions and the full moon is when you can kind of check in to see how it's going mm. um, they should be on their way to kind of happening or you know by the by the second two weeks they come to fruition so the full moon is a real check in point and that's what this episode is based on yeah. it is truly the full moon where amazing things can start to happen ooh I know, I know. Anyway, go out and look for some ghosts, bang some drums, yeah, and, um, and be yourself. Definitely. And get sleep. I think that's the whole. Yeah, think about your skin and your appetite. That's right. <laughs> well, I think this is a good time for the Poke Wrap Up. Where we hear from you, the Pokemon community. We asked you to send in your favorite Pokemon memories, stories, and inspirations. And here are a few of this week's. We are starting off with Travis from Texas, who I actually just saw this past weekend at Anime Corpus Christi. It was so amazing to see both Travis and Hunter. Um, uh, We've gotten to see them several times over the years, and it's always a joy. Um, Travis writes in, "'My service dog Hunter is my best friend, "'like Pikachu is Ash's best friend, "'and I'm honored to have met "'so many Pokemon voice actors.'" especially Veronica Taylor, the voice of my childhood. Pokemon has been a part of my life since childhood, and I've met so many wonderful people with Hunter thanks to it. So, thank you for making our journey a wonderful one. Hunter thanks you both as well and sends kisses. Hello, Veronica and Rena.
1: my name is Kyle. I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. I'm such a big fan of Pokemon. I love you guys, I love your show. Veronica, I'm such a big fan of your voice acting. Uh, my favorite Pokemon memory was watching all of the Jigglypuff episodes with my mom. We both love Jigglypuff so much. Uh, thank you guys for making the show and thank you
0: for just creating something so wonderful and positive. Take care. Hi, Veronica and Reina. Uh... Happy to be giving you my memories of Pokemon for the Trainer's Guide podcast. So my favorite memories of the show was any time that Ash got emotional. Now, I love Ash um, as a character because he's so different from other male like superhero kind of general male kind of protagonists in that I feel that he was unique in that he was not afraid to show his emotions. This is something that's quite rare with a lot of these characters. And I really find that that was quite special when you kind of did those moments like anytime he cried or any time he got sad or any time he just kind of was vulnerable. Really came out in the acting, and I loved it. You played it so well, Veronica. A special thanks to Travis, Kyle, and Ziggy for sharing their memories with us this week. And we want to hear from all of you. Email a short recording or write to us at trainersguidepod at gmail.com. And try to keep it short. I know that's difficult, but we don't want to have to edit. and please include your first name and where you're from. Well, that about wraps up today's episode of The Trainer's Trainer's Guide. Guide. And as they say,
1: to be be continued. continued.
0: We hope that you continue to join us on this journey that is... The Trainer's Guide. As you know, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever
1: you're listening now. And if you subscribe, comment, and rate the podcast, it helps others find
0: the show and keeps us on the air. Thank you so much in advance for your generosity and all of your amazing support. Trainer's Guide is a production of Boom Integrated. We are co-executive producing this along with the amazing Adrienne Glover, and the incomparable Robin Lai. I'm your host, Veronica Taylor. And I'm your host, Rena Taylor. And this has been The Trainer's trainer's guide. Guide. We'll see you out there on the road.